I can't believe we're getting married. Shit, we have to plan a wedding. Okay, take a deep breath. Relax. We got you. I'm Chris Serna. And I'm Ashley Aiken. And we are your wedding vendor besties, giving you permission to ditch tradition. This is your day, and we're here to give you permission to do things your way. Together, let's make your wedding intentional as fuck. You are listening to The Bridal Breakdown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the podcast. Chris here flying solo today, and you are probably a little shocked at this Monday release. We actually didn't drop an episode last Friday. Uh, both Ashley and I had same personal things come up. We were actually sitting down, getting ready to record, and poop kind of hit the fan for both of us, and we had to kind of run off and handle business. And so this episode got pushed back, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and release it today and, uh, and you guys can, can binge this, you can listen to it, you can do whatever the heck you want. Uh, but I am flying solo today, and I am going to be talking to you about mental health monsters, specifically one mental health monster. So we've already tackled two mental health monsters in previous episodes. We have talked about the comparison trap. Uh, you, I would highly recommend giving that a listen. We've also talked, if you, if you, if you wrestle with comparing your wedding day to other people's wedding day, uh, what your wedding dress is going to look like compared to other people's wedding dress. Basically, anytime you find yourself comparing what you have to what you don't have or what someone else has, that's the comparison trap. We also talked about people pleasing. And for so many of our sweet, sweet listeners, this is the one for them. They wrestle with people pleasing. They wrestle with making decisions and focusing solely on what others want while neglecting what they want. And so I know that people-pleasing is so hard for people, and it is like jumping through mental hula hoops and all of the things. And so that is also a mental health monster that we've talked about in the past. I'm going to link show notes, or I'm going to link these episodes in the show notes if you want to catch up on those and give those a listen. But today, we're going to be talking about a big nasty, ugly, smelly, stinky mental health monster uh, that is, while it is also big and nasty and stinky and smelly, it's also super secretive and not as obvious. Um, It likes to fly under the radar and then it makes its big attack and it's super, super obnoxious with it. And today, that mental health monster is unresolved conflict. I know that if you're anything like me, you don't like conflict. And some of this has to be with like being an Enneagram 9 for me. I know my Enneagram 8 friends out there are like, bring on the conflict. Like, heck yeah, let's get into it. Let's argue. Let's have some some uh, differing views. Um, but I think for the mass majority of the population, we don't really want to have conflict with others. Unless it's online and unless it's behind a screen, then we're all about it. I won't jump into all of that. Um, but when it comes to like our loved ones, our, our families, our parents, our siblings, um, our friends, coworkers, a lot of times we don't want to dive into that conflict. And so I just want to give a definition of what unresolved conflict is. Unresolved conflict is conflicts, arguments, uh, disagreements that happen with someone in your life uh, but there is no resolution that is agreed upon. So let it's kind of this, like, for whatever reason, things were not smoothed under. Someone was not fully understood. There was an argument that took place. F- 
feelings were hurt and people walked away, but nothing was resolved. And when these things happen, like when conflict goes unresolved, what ends up happening is feeling, feelings of resentment start to grow. They start to build up inside of us. And they begin to fester. And then before you knew it, when, before you know it, you see this person that you have unresolved conflict with, and immediately your mind, your thoughts go back to the argument, the conflict that was had that you didn't resolve. And you might start thinking things like, I can't believe he or she said that. I can't believe they did that. Like, they, they hurt me. Why did they do that? Fuck that person. Like, whatever your thoughts might go to, it's most likely going to start festering up when you hear their name when you see a post on social media, when you accidentally run into them somewhere, um, these feelings get swept under the rug. And a lot of times people think like, if I just ignore it, maybe I'll get over it. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe they're exaggerating. Maybe they'll apologize. But the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of times these things get swept under the rug. No one deals with them until an explosive outburst happens. And so a lot of times this is when this unresolved conflict goes on for months and months, maybe even years until all of a sudden one of the people can't take it anymore and they end up exploding all over the person that they had a conflict with that went unresolved. A lot of times this is when things that are very, very hurtful get said and uh, tears get shed and feelings get hurt and people go their separate directions and walk away from relationships. Um, Think about like a tea, a tea kettle, like a teapot that's boiling, right? Like begins to boil and boil and boil and boil, and then it whistles very loudly and gets everyone's attention. And you have to remove it from the heat for things to be able to cool down and and blah blah blah. That analogy started to go a little off the rails at the end, but um, it's the same thing, guys. When we have conflict that does not get talked through, processed, healed, figured out, resolved, it tends to just turn into something really, really bad. Um, and for some of you, you might even have a conflict with the person that's coming to your mind. Like, oh my God, that's me and Jessica. Or, or I mean, that's me and my dad. Like we had that one thing, that one little argument that, you know, six months ago, and he said that thing about my fiance and I just have not been able to let it go. And so you might even be thinking of someone or a specific instance that happened as I'm describing what unresolved conflict is. Uh, I want to give you guys some really practical kind of like wedding, wedding unresolved conflicts. And then I want to talk through like some ways to actually fight it and to move forward to kind of find some healing in your life. Because the fact of the matter is, is that you don't want to go into one of the happiest days of your life surrounded by anyone that you might have unresolved conflict with. I'd also like to point out that before I kind of get into what this could look like in practical wedding settings is that you can only control what you do. You cannot control how anyone else responds. You can only control how you respond. You may never get that, that I'm sorry that you want uh, and that you maybe even deserve you know, and should get. But that doesn't mean that you have to continue going on and carrying the weight of conflict that is negatively affecting you in your life. So I just wanted to give that little disclaimer here are some practical wedding ways that that unresolved conflict can play out. So let's say that your family is very religious and religion and faith is a big part of your family's life. Uh, maybe not so much as strong in your life as it is your parents, 
Um, nonetheless, it has, it was a core part of your family's life. Let's say your mother wanted you to get like she, it was her dream that you would get married at the church that you grew up in and that your parents still attend. And, uh, and they really, really, really like, they actually didn't even think there was any other way that you would get married. Like when they think of your wedding, they imagine you getting married at their church, the church that you grew up in. And so you have this tension of like, I actually don't want to get married at the church. I want to get married in Yellowstone or I want to get married in some other place. I want to go off and I want to elope. And let's say you actually bring this to your parents and they hear it and it you could just see it all over their faces. It crushes them. Their dreams of what your wedding day are all of a sudden no more because uh, they imagined you getting married in the church that you grew up in. And you've just told them that you want to elope and they're crushed. And then after being crushed, they start to get angry. They start to get pushback. Before you know it, you find yourself in a heated argument with your mom or both parents about where you're getting married some choice words were probably said, and you end up walking away from the conversation, uh, and and you're going to do what you want to do. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Like, sometimes if if you are paying for everything in your wedding, there's kind of some more freedom there to be able to walk away and feel like, well, I don't have to listen to you. But for people who do have parents that are contributing to the wedding, um, at this point, threats might be made. Like, well, we're not paying for your little gypsy runaway vacation to go have some blah, blah, blah wedding in the middle of nowhere. And that's a real reality of that that can happen. But anyways, nonetheless, you might go on not talking to your mom for a few weeks, depending on how, you know, how bad this was, uh, or, or it might fester and go on for months. And let me just tell you, you don't want to go into your wedding day with conflict, uh, unresolved conflict with your mom. It's not going to feel good for her. It's not going to feel good for you. Um, and unfortunately, like this is something that is more common, maybe not this specific scenario, but mother daughter conflicts that kind of boil over and, and drag out and get swept under the rug. You know, they can go on for a long, long, long time. Um, that's one example. Let's move on to a couple wedding party examples. Let's say you have a bridesmaid that doesn't like the dress that you picked out. You guys go to the dress fittings, you make try to make it a thing, everyone has mimosas, they're trying on dresses, and one of your friends is just extremely insecure in the dress that you've chosen, and, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they, everyone has different insecurities that they wrestle with, um, and then they come to you and they say, hey, I don't like this dress, like, I don't like the way it makes my arms look, or my neck, or, or whatever, fill in body part here, or maybe they just don't like it for another reason, it's too close to their skin tone, and they think that they it just matches their skin tone. They're like, there's no difference here. Anyways, and they voice it to you and you hear it and you go, okay, yeah, I, I can understand that. But that dress works for six out of the other seven, you know, out of seven bridesmaids. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and move forward with this. And then you have chosen this dress and your friend has to wear it and they are unhappy. And all of a sudden they're being really short with you in text messages and they're not talking to you, and they're giving you attitude when they do talk to you, and then now there's like, you kind of have an idea of what it is, but now you're justified in like, well, fuck her, I don't, I don't, this is my wedding day, like, I, I shouldn't have to choose a dress that she likes, and everyone's feeling justified, her hurts, feel validated, and she's saying, how could she pick this dress, I voiced my, my, um, oh gosh, my insecurities to her, and I told her how I felt, and she picked the dress anyways, like, I have every right to be hurt, and then you're thinking, you know, damn it, 
She told me she didn't like the dress. I heard her out. I listened. I gave it consideration. But at the end of the day, this is my wedding, and I get to choose the colors. And so you have two people that feel like both of their their thought processes are right and justified, and maybe both people are even wanting and expecting apologies, yet no one's going to budge. No one's going to give. And then it's going to end up getting swept under the rug. And then the bachelorette party's going to come. And then she's going to be weird and quiet and texting all night and not talking. And then it's going to be bugging you. And then all of this stuff just continues to go on until someone says something until or until someone explodes. Here's another option that I want to throw out. Not an option, but just scenario that in our, in our bridal, uh, our Patreon hangout uh, the other night that got brought up that I just want to toss out here. That is a real thing that could happen. Um, but let's say you're planning a bachelorette party weekend in a city outside of your own uh, and you are traveling to go to this bachelorette party destination and one of your bridesmaids cannot afford to go but she really wants to go uh, and you're telling her you have to go and and she's like well I really want to go but I can't afford to go uh, and then maybe you're even feeling like a little like really really you can't afford to go to my bachelorette party weekend but you sure can afford Starbucks every day and Chipotle every, you know, three or four times a week. And, you know, you start to do mental math in your head and realize like, well, Brianna, if you just don't eat Starbucks and Chipotle for three weeks, you can afford to go, which she probably really could. <laughs> that, that's a significant amount of money, especially with our prices in today's economy. Nonetheless, you start to get a little upset and frustrated because you know what kind of lifestyle Brianna lives and, and you see that she just blows money on whatever, but then Brianna's going like, well, dang it, she doesn't know that uh, I, I maybe Brianna has some some thoughts that come in her mind like, well, I do get Starbucks and I do get Chipotle all the time, but you know, like that's how I cope. I'm under a lot of stress at work, and and you know, starting my day off with the Starbucks is really important to my mental health because it's super important that like I start my day off with my happy cup of caffeine, and then Chipotle, like it's I'm you know tracking my macros and it's something that's really macro friendly if I don't do the tortilla and just do a bowl and that kind of thing, yada, 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 whatever. Brianna is justified in whatever she is thinking, but also so you feel the same way. Um, And now you have two people, you know, who one of the, you're frustrated because she's not going to go to your bachelorette party weekend and you really want her to go because you actually like her a lot and want to spend time with her, but she, she just can't go. And in your mind, maybe you think it's because she's refusing to make sacrifices so that she can be a part of your bachelorette party weekend and and in her mind she's feeling like crap no she doesn't know like i i truly can't afford it no one says anything bachelorette party runs weekend runs comes around and then it's just weird it's just awkward so that's an example of like some unresolved conflict that can go maybe i'm gonna fly through a couple of these other ones maybe you have a good friend who they date people like they're kind of like a serial dater and they have a new boyfriend, girlfriend every couple months, maybe every month. And their wedding, your wedding is coming around and they are expecting a plus one. And you're like, I'm not going to give you a plus one because you're probably going to be dating someone else very, very soon and very shortly. Then before you know it, there's attitude, yada, yada, yada. You guys can start to see the trend and the cycle. Talk about in-laws. Maybe your in-law, your mother-in-law said something to you she hurts your feelings. Uh, she commented on, I don't know, the dress cut that you got and that you're showing 
uh, your your shoulders. And she says, huh, when I got married, no one would have ever had the audacity to, to show their shoulders. And then she sips her wine. And you go, that bitch, she just said, I cannot believe she just said that. And all of a sudden, now you're really frustrated at your mother-in-law, and then you're reading into everything that you're saying, that she's saying, because you feel like she's judging you over every decision. In all of these circumstances, there is a common theme. Things are not getting dealt with. They're not getting talked about. Maybe there's an explosion and an argument that happens like initially, but no one's coming back together and going, listen, let's talk through this. Let's resolve this. You know, that kind of thing to where resolution is happening. Also, a lot of times we start making up our own narratives in our heads, pretty much like I just did a little while ago, like how I just made up all of those little examples. A lot of times we start filling in people like the gaps in our minds and start assuming people's motives or what they were trying to do um, or, or what we thought they were doing or what we thought that they thought. And so then there's a lot of assumptions flying around. And, uh, and before we know it, like sometimes I even think we forget where we're fighting or we've made up this entirely new scenario in our head. So hopefully that kind of gives you an example of some things that can be examples of unresolved conflict. But chances are you already had something in mind and you're thinking, Chris, please just tell me how to like navigate and work through unresolved conflict. So I have three different steps that you can do to begin to work through unresolved conflicts. Um, First one is get ahead of conflicts that you know will be there. Going back to our first example that I threw out. So let's say, you know, the mom and and, uh, her daughter getting wanting to elope, but mom wants her to get married in the church. If you already know that that's going to be a conflict, you should get ahead of it. You should think through it. You should be proactive and you should engage in that conversation with the resolve to have resolution and not just explode and not just walk off. And, and, you know, but you like enter into that conversation and you've thought like, Hey, let me go ahead and meet with mom at our favorite brunch spot so that we can talk through this and I can actually tell her my why. And I can share with her why this is so important to me. And I can also hear her out and hear what she has to, you know, what she thinks about the matter. But it's important that you get ahead of it and that you think through what certain options are. The same thing with the bridesmaid's dresses. Let's say you have a friend who is a little more insecure about what they wear, and you've just known that that's a common thing theme with them and something that they struggle with. Lots of people struggle with insecurities about their body. There are ways that you can get ahead of that and even take their considerations in mind before you know you even go to that dress shopping place. Um, but yeah, that's the first thing you need to do is you need to get ahead of any conflicts that you know will be there. It's about being proactive instead of being reactive. If you're proactive, you're going to come up with a plan ahead of time. If you're and and you're going to be level-headed when you come up with that plan. Um, and then when it comes to executing it, you will have thought through it and you won't be reacting based off of your emotions. When you react based off of your emotions, that's when things get said and that's when feelings, things get said that you maybe didn't really mean and feelings get hurt. So the first thing, get ahead of conflicts, be proactive, not reactive. Second, go ahead and pursue mending any hurt relationship. If you already have someone that you're on the rocks with, whether that's a sibling, 
uh, a, a parent, a grandparent, a friend, like pursue mending any of those hurt relationships. And I want you to, to, to remember where there's smoke, there's fire. And what I mean by that is when you know that feelings have been hurt, like you, you can pretty much guarantee that it's going to, if left unchecked, if left undealt with, unresolved, it's going to grow into something else. So what start out as may start out as a smi- uh, uh, a harmless little smoldering fire that's just it's just smoke. It's not really like hasn't really gone up yet. Like smoke is going to lead to fire. There is a spark that is there and it's going to grow into something more. Um, and so you have to be intentional about reaching out, mending any hurt relationships. Like if you feel like someone was like you were like, huh. They said that. Like, I wonder if they're hurt by that. Or like someone made a comment or you saw some body language or like the, the face that they made and you know like, huh, something seems off there. Go ahead and reach out. Initiate a conversation. And for any of these two, whether you're getting ahead of conflicts or pursuing mending any hurt, here's how you're going to approach those. You're going to seek and you're going to speak. I want you to remember that. I'm going to say one more time. I want you to seek and to speak. What I mean by that is you're going to seek to understand and you're going to speak out how you are feeling. So when you seek to understand, you're trying to understand why their feelings are hurt. So going back to the issue, you know, to the, the issue of mom uh, and the church thing and not getting married in the church. You could share your news or, or it's, at this point it's already happened. Maybe the conversation's already happened. And you guys come back together at her favorite brunch spot a month after you guys haven't been talking and things have left, been left unresponded. And let's say you get together with her and you say, Mom, I just wanted to get together. I know it's been a month since we've talked and I shared the news that me and Dylan are going to elope. And I know that that hurt your feelings. And so I miss you. I love you. I don't want there to be this unresolved conflict. Um, but I understand that you're also hurting too. And so... I just want to understand how you're feeling and why this means so much for you that Dylan and I get married at the church. And then you just listen. And you listen and you hear them out and you, you reassure them and you validate and don't dismiss their feelings. Mom might, might say something like, well, you know that your dad and I got married there and, and we just loved you. And I guess like we love you so much when we just imagined your wedding day, we just assumed that it would be uh, under Father Parsons. I'm making up all these random ass names. <laughs> uh, we just assumed it would be there with Father Parsons and that, you know, and that it would happen. And it, I just thought it would be really cool because he performed our wedding and then could perform yours and yada, yada, yada. And then you end up getting to the root that like, at the end of the day, it was just a very sentimental space that she thought that you would be in. And then you can share how you're feeling and how you were hurt and why it's important that you and Dylan get married in Yellowstone and not there. And I would, I would go ahead and go into that conversation like pretty determined that like there is going to be, like we are going to smooth things over. Um, and I don't know, in some cases, like that smoothing over, over is easy and it just happens because both people are ready to reconcile. Sometimes it's a lot harder. Sometimes one person still doesn't feel heard or understood. And in that case, I would... It's so powerful to repeat back what people say to them. And so in that instance, going back to mom, you can be like, okay, mom, so let me understand. 
what I'm hearing you say is that you wanted us to get married in the same space that you and dad got married because it's very special to you and you just um, always imagined it would be there. And mom might go, yes, that's exactly it. But also, and then if she has to clarify it all, like that's when it will happen. But repeating back is so powerful so that that way when you leave that space, there's no question. She's not wondering like, did she understand what I said? She's going to know because you repeated it back. But a lot of times people just need to feel heard and they need to feel validated. And a lot of times when we get into arguments, we just want to get defensive and protect our thoughts and what we want when really the other person just wants to feel validated. Last thing I want to share with you guys is this idea of extreme ownership. And this isn't actually something that I planned on talking about, but it just kind of came to mind. I want to challenge you to take extreme ownership over your emotions and over any problems that might arise. Um, There is a book called Extreme Ownership. I think it's written by a guy named Jocko Willink or something like that. Um, But the principle is basically like, what would your life look like if you took extreme ownership over any and all circumstances? If you didn't blame anyone else, but you went ahead and took ownership of whatever situation is there. I know that not everyone is in a mental space where they can do that, but if you are, there is something so profound and extremely beneficial about just owning owning shit and deciding like, you know what? I'm just going to own this. Like this other person isn't in a space where they can like healthily navigate and process this. I'm just going to own this. And I'm going to go ahead and be the bigger person. And I'm going to give an apology uh, for the sake of restoration and mending the relationship. And sometimes that might look look like you going into uh, a conversation. And we'll jump to a new one and go to the one with the bride and bridesmaid uh, and the the dress. And picking a dress that she didn't feel comfortable in. That conversation with you taking extreme ownership might look something like this. Hey, Brianna, I really appreciate you meeting me for Boba, and, uh, and I just wanted to actually apologize for not, for going ahead and, and choosing a dress that I knew you were uncomfortable with. I should not have done that, um, and I just wanted, like, I should have given more thought to your insecurities, and I'm really sorry that you feel or that I hurt you. Uh, it was never my intention to hurt you. I just wanted to choose a dress that I thought best reflected uh, the style that we're going for, whatever. Um, I would say that if you're going to do that and go that route, you might even have like some sort of alternative. So like, let's say she doesn't like her shoulders. You could say, so, um, so I actually found out a couple, here's a couple solutions that might help you feel a little different. I actually found a dress in a similar color that has sleeves or shoulder, you know, that will cover your shoulders or here's a shawl that you can use. That's like, um, a really thin fabric-y, whatever, whatever. I'm just, I'm just tossing stuff out guys. Like I would go into that conversation with some solutions with your apology. You know, it shouldn't just be like, I'm sorry. And then you don't provide any sort of solution, but that's what extreme ownership looks like. Like you go into a situation when really Brianna maybe should have just like, I'm going to say get over it, like gotten over it, but I also understand that people have insecurities. Even though she probably just could have worked through it on her own, you just go ahead and going, you know what? I should have probably taken that into more consideration. I'm going to be 
take some ownership in this and I'm going to come up with two or three solutions that, you know, she's still going to wear this dress, but like here are a few other solutions that can make her feel a little more comfortable. So, and that's all I got for you today, guys. I really hope that you enjoy this episode, that it is helpful and that this is one area that maybe you feel a little more, what's the word? A little more resolve, determination, maybe a little more inspired to kind of motivated, that's the word, a little more motivated to go ahead and resolve some conflicts in your life um, that might be there that may have come up due to wedding planning or decisions made about the wedding. It's always, always better to go ahead and resolve any issues and not let those those unresolved conflicts uh, get toxic inside of us and end up affecting us and our mental health and our peace and our happiness. Um, I just want, as a nine, Enneagram nine, I just want everyone to be happy and cool with one another. So. With that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to follow us on Instagram, our link is in the show notes below. If you want to follow us on TikTok, those links are down there as well. YouTube, all of the stuff is in the show notes. Join our private Facebook community. Uh, That link is also in the show notes. I'm going to hop off now because I feel like I'm ranting. Everyone have a good day. I'll talk to you guys real soon. Bye-bye.